if this is the first time you've downloaded this show, I need to give you a very, very, very simple warning. If there's kids in the car, turn it off because fuck me. Jesus. <laughs> Connor McNally, Harry Tucker, Trevor Long with you. And I thought about 10 minutes ago, so we record this the moment the race ends, about 10 minutes ago, I thought this is going to be a very quick podcast. I've, <laughs> yeah. I've made a lot of notes, and I don't think I could talk for five minutes about all of them. It was a pretty boring race. It was right to the last shit few laps. boring. 48 um, laps of nothing. Was Hungary, uh, which race was really good, first lap and last lap? Was that the second in Austria? No, the first one. No, the, the, the no, first, first one was, was good awesome. the whole the whole one. Yeah. The, sec- the, Styrian, the Styrian Grand Prix was good first lap, yeah. good yeah. last lap. Yeah. Hungary scenario was just seven. shit boring, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what we've just witnessed... Was just unbelievable. So I'm just going to fast forward to the end of the race because let's just. Well, there's talk nothing about else that. worth talking about. And then nice. there's a bunch of little things. But I mean, there was a graphic. Do you remember, Harry? You mentioned uh, we were looking at one of those AWS graphics come up going, "We're predicting tire wear <laughs> on Lewis Hamilton's car." And you've gone the the tire that we could see with our eyes that had a blister that, on the, it. It was clearly the front blistered. right. The front right off was showing on the graph as having sixty percent. Now, forget Valtteri for a minute with. Two, maybe three laps to go. I think that was Valtteri that was looking at that graphic, not not Lewis. No, but it said Hamilton. They Uh, were showing. So what was happening was the commentary was, you've got to remember, the graphics and everything are directed by FOM, by the the managers of Formula 1, not by Sky. So Valtteri Bottas has had a puncture with about three laps to go. And he is screwed because he's had to come into the pits and he's, he's gone back to 12th. While Valtteri's out on the track circulating with a punctured tyre, they've gone, well, let's show viewers Hamilton's tyres. And they've put up a graphic saying he has 10% left on the front left. Yeah. And at the same time, David Croft and Martin Brundle are saying, you know what? With Max Verstappen pitting to you know get new tyres and try for a fastest lap, they should pit Lewis because he's got a free stop and it guarantees <laughs> that there's no problem with the tyres. And then with 35 seconds to go, Lewis's front tyre gets to zero and blows. Yeah. It, and go on. I was just going to say, if, the, if the, the gods that get that gave luck to people, you know, gave uh, Hulk the, the short end of the stick, oh. they've definitely given Lewis the other end. Absolutely. And the thing was, Lewis and Valtteri were battling over fastest laps of the race because every if you get the fastest lap at the end of the race, you get those two extra points. One so extra those, point, isn't it? Oh, I think, yeah, one extra point. One extra. So... That point matters the most. Which is, and we've seen this in several races now un- under that uh, rule, which is why Max came in. Yeah. That's why Max came in. Max came in at a time when it was obvious he could, mm. and he had good tyres because he was already setting fast lap, but Valtteri was about to come out and set a faster lap. So, of course, you, you, you'd, you'd pit. Helmut Marco or whoever the hell wants to complain about why they pitted Max because he could have won the race. Oh, it's all hindsight. That's 2020, right? Yeah. But Good it, on you. They, they did not have any indication or belief that Lewis's tyre was going to blow up on the last lap and there would have been potential for, for Max to win. So it's easy for them to all complain about it now. I just can't. But I've... I mean, I just can't believe what I've just watched. <laughs> you know, this is, the, you know what, again, this is a great example of watching the, the KO Mini because you could, what they'll, what they'll show is, you know, about a 10, 15 minute <laughs> highlight, which will show you the start of the race, a couple of decent passes, a couple of crashes, which we'll talk about, and then a stunning last, you know, five, 10 minutes. It's a, 
it's it's a great way to watch the race. Why on earth? Like my son Jackson mm. said to me um, earlier, because I said, "Mate, can't stay up tonight. You got school tomorrow." So no, he goes, "But I, you know, pleaded." Tried hard, not happening. <laughs> and he, as he went to bed at eight thirty, he Mate, said, he's he's been on his phone the whole time while no <laughs> yeah. one's watching him. Don't don't be under any illusions. That's not Mate, happening right now. His phone's downstairs. Oh, go. which one? He's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's probably he, got about three secret he, phones he stashed then, away. He then said to me, "Can I get up? Sorry, Jackson. Can I get up early and watch the race before school?" I said, "Mate, if you think you can make that happen, go for your life." Now. I don't have time to tell him to sleep in. I want to go and stop his alarm so that <laughs> so that he doesn't get up too early because he only needs 20 minutes. Just watch the preamble and then fast forward to the end. So, I mean, let's just go back a bit here because it is a remarkable end to a race. And, you know, it, it's actually been a remarkable five days. Unbelievable. Sergio Perez tests positive to COVID-19 before the British Grand Prix. We've had a week off, which means there's been seven, maybe eight, nine days of gap between when they need to be at Silverstone and when they left Hungary. Uh, he tests positive to COVID, which means, mate, you can't come near the joint, although he's in the paddock because that's where they do the test, I assume. And at one point, he's apparently in a motorhome there. Um, <laughs> that's they thought that, On Thursday, that's where they thought he was. Well, they did the first test, proved inconclusive, did it again, and then he turned up positive. So so he's, at a, he's in an apartment in uh, in just near Silverstone, for the next seven to ten days, they keep saying. There's talk of um, Gutierrez. Uh, there's talk of Stoffel van Dorn. There's a bit of you know rumour and innuendo, and there's a bit of rumour about Hulk coming into the seat. And it turns out that Stoffel and... and is it Gutierrez? Is that who, who the other option yeah, was? Yeah. Um, you know, have very important championship races going on in other parts of Europe. Formula E. Uh, so, yeah, no, we, we can't lose them from those series because it's important they try and win those series. Well, they're actually racing today as well, so... Yeah, so they physically couldn't, you know, race in two places, and even though Formula One's the pinnacle, just coming in for one or two races maybe doesn't... Versus your whole season... But if you're Stoffel van Dorn, and, that, and you know, um, Toto rings you and says, mate, no, we, we, we can't spare you for, uh, uh, and not, you know, to come back over here, are you gutted? Or are you cool with that because you've moved on from Formula One? I think he's probably okay with it because I, I think, think it, it, it didn't really work out for him when he was with McLaren. So, yeah. and I don't think he really wants to go back. To be quite yeah. frank, after and all you, that, and you wouldn't be under the impression. Like I don't think they're under the impression that they're about to to get a full time seat anywhere either. Which is exactly why I think. Look at the Pirelli have covered up the tires. Like we all know <laughs> it's screwed. <laughs> um, covering up the body. Um, yeah, exactly. covering, up, <laughs> covering up the evidence. So, so, but it's interesting because the complete opposite applies to Nico Hulkenberg. Don't you agree? Absolutely. Nico yeah. loses his drive nine months ago. Uh, Nico's been out of the sport not for a whole season. Nico didn't choose to leave the sport. There are plenty of drives available for 2021. Nico coming back is a great opportunity to just prove that you've still got pace. And frankly, you could race at Alfa Tori, let alone Alfa Romeo. So Haas, you know, there's a bunch of places that you'd go, you know what, maybe Hulkenberg's the go. Yeah. So he comes back in, he does, like he's within seven tenths of stroll, first practice. And brand new, like brand new car for him. Never driven it before. Um, you know, he hasn't been working on his neck strength for eight months because he doesn't think he's coming back. Well, he's been racing GT3 racing and sports cars for a while now. Which so. is hardly, you know, F1 style endurance. I've, I've driven a, a GT3 car. I didn't. If I if I can drive that, then anyone can. Yeah. Drive <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Although, <laughs> hang on, hang on. Real thing or the, or the virtual? No, I've driven no, a real no, GT3 real car. Okay. 
I don't know. I just think they're that for rich blokes. That's, that's yeah, it. I know. I know that. <laughs> I would love to drive one, but that's that's wishful thinking. <laughs> <laughs> the um, so he comes back. He does a pretty good job. He qualifies not great because it's just bad timing and whatnot. But yeah. in the end, it's still he's on the grid, and he's stuck in the pits. They can't start the fucking car. Yeah. What, when was what the last a, time that happened? What a bad piece of luck for for the Hulk. You just got to feel just for him. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's gone through the longest period in his career not scoring one iota of a podium, and he continues that run. He was definitely like a ruthless dictator in a previous life, and now so, all yeah. his bad luck is just catching just up to him. Just think about the idea of coming out with a statement saying we couldn't start the, the <laughs> engine, right? Now, I've seen plenty of, you know, you know they're trying to start it, no, so they get behind it with the with the gun and, you like know, fire F1 it up. F1 equivalent of a jump start. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, back in the day. But in the modern era, I don't recall a time when a car has not started. No. The core's fucked. That's what it will probably sound. <laughs> I feel like this is... Very re- sad for him, really. These, these races are quite important for his future as well because he's in like this super weird spot where he's he's not young and, you know, they go, oh, you get a few years into That's him right. and he's going to be good. But he's not shit either. So he's kind of like in this no man's land of he's good enough, he's better than half the drivers on there, but he's not going to get any better. If Gene has said to me, uh, we want you to run the team, what would you do? I'd say get Nico. You know why? Yeah. Because he's a guy that, if you said to him, Nico, listen, I've got to drive for you, you're not going to score podiums. So that that is going to be your legacy. Sorry. Oh, unless unless tyres pop out at Silverstone and there's potential yeah. that yeah. you're in the right spot at the right time. Uh, uh, under a under normal strength of wind, you're not going to score podiums. But what I want from you is I want better leadership within the team. I want better mm. feedback from a driver. I just want to bring this team just one step forward or two. Who, I want you to get part of, of that. Magnus, Magnuson or, or Grosjean? Grosjean. Really? Yeah, Even though yeah, he should Magnuson's, have been driver Magnuson's of the day today. Oh, to <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about driver of the day. Driver of the day, <laughs> yeah. I, I'd get rid of them both, to be honest. Yeah, so would I. Yeah, oh, me you, too. You'd bring someone in from F2 or something. You, you just you just bring someone new in so that there's clean slate. Who is? Team who's needs a clean slate. Outside of the, Ferra- the Ferrari agreement, does Haas have any other like feeder agreements no with anyone? No idea. No, I don't think so. I don't think so because it's just a, you know, bloke yeah. squillions of dollars that just comes into the sport, right? It's not really. Well, here's the thing. Like if you put well, it's if same you, with racing point. Exactly. Yeah. If you put um Hulkberg into a seat like Haas, you bring someone yes who's got Paris. quite a, uh, well, Paris, yeah. Paris is another good pairing. option. It's a good pairing. Yeah, mm. very good We're pairing. just all assuming Vettel's at yeah. racing yeah. point. Like <laughs> it's a done deal. It's a done we, we assume it is, yeah. But I mean you've got you've got Hulk who's Got plenty of F1 experience. Lap record holder around the A1 G- around Sydney Motorsport Park in an A1 GP car. Oh many moon ago, <laughs> many <laughs> moons ago. That piece Lamar. of information shouldn't be in anyone's head, Connor. Oh, he had the A1 GP shirt on last he did. last I recording. Did. I did, he, he I did, up. and he he's won Le Mans as a, when Again. he was an active driver in Formula One. No so, one cares. Oh, I care. Oh, <laughs> shut so up. Con- Connor, yeah. Connor is into every form of motorsport, from the under sixes go karts to everything. <laughs> Trev just Trev can only Ouch. minorly tolerate Ouch. anything that's not F one. That's right. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch a bit of supercars, and I don't mind IndyCar. That's about it. Okay. But look, anyway, I think it's a great piece of speculation because that's unfortunately as exciting as F one is. Apart from the last three laps of this race due to tire failures, it's the speculation about the next year slash the next two years mm. that keeps this thing going. But, mm. you know, it, this was a 52-lap race. 52 uh, laps, yeah. and And I think if you were challenged to create a highlights, it's it's not a challenge. It's very simple to do because it is quite quite a struggle. The, the, the start of the race is pretty good. Like, it looked good, I think, for the first lap. 
Mercedes were off by a second or two straight away. But that mid-pack, in fact... It was weird. It's not just the first lap. It's the story of the entire race is the mid-pack from fourth um, to really fifth position through to 14th position. So 10 cars were within 10, 15 seconds of each other for the whole race. And that That's we were a in, big mid-pack. And they were in DRS zone pretty much the entire race. Oh, and that was the issue because everyone was in DRS, so no one was in DRS. Yes. Essentially. Yeah, well, that's the point you made. I said, listen, why the hell is no action happening on track when everyone's within a second of each other? And your point, Harry, is if everyone's within a second of each other, everyone's got DRS, there's no advantage to be yeah. played. And it did take a while. You know, we did have some passing. We, we saw um, Lando get by. We saw Grosjean hold off people, Drop even though he didn't have uh, <laughs> DRS. Like, that was the thing that stood out to me was it took a long time for people to pass Grosjean even when he didn't have DRS, which which just bumped that middle pack right, really consistently together, which I th- which was inter- interesting. Yeah, but it doesn't make the drive to survive documentary, and I think that's what matters right here is is what's the exciting stuff that gets new people watching the documentary it's and then staying watching the races. The thing that's weird, if, so you bring up drive to survive. So they've done obviously F one has done an amazing job in the last couple of years building the profile of the sport again with, yeah. with drive to survive. Yeah. But then you pair it with generally pretty freaking shit racing. Like, it's just boring. Like, we yeah. we just got lucky here that this ended up being exciting in the end because tyres blew up. There, there was a point here where I went, boys, we should just record now. Yeah. Like, I was thinking with with 20 laps to go. Lucky we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> in the end. Imagine that. Um, I'd be like, quick, get back here. <laughs> um, it, you know, it was that kind of race. Yeah. You know, I, I think we all spent more time on our phones than we did staring at the screen because it wasn't that great. And, in fact, the... There's, there's so much that happened in those last bits that, mm. that we haven't even seen. We haven't even seen how Daniel got past uh, both Lando, and we, we know Science had a problem, but we didn't see that kind of moment in full happen yet. Um, we had, uh, off the start, we had, was it Magnuson go into the wall because Albon, you know, saw a gap that didn't really exist. Like, so out, Magnuson clipped the curb, you know, literally put the mm. air, the car, you know, a bit unstable. So his, his entry into that, that corner... Um, was not great, but Albon took the took the initiative to push through. The gap wasn't there. They touched tyres. It put Magnussen in the air, and then in the, the end, more in, than a touch into Magnuson, the wall. More than a they, they basically touched tyres, and yeah, unfortunately for Magnussen, he just went catapulted into the tyre wall. Oh, I don't know that Albon deserved a penalty for that. I, yeah, he copped a five second penalty, which he served in his second stop. So, look, Albon. I don't know if he's got the, the 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 clout to remain in Formula One the way he's going at the moment. He's certainly not getting the support at Red Bull at the moment, so he's very but clearly <laughs> the number two. Who who goes in that seat? Well, they can't bring Gasly. I mean, they're not going to bring Gasly. Gasly back. did well. He's he's doing real well, but he, he, they can't bring him back. That's just stupid. And they're not going to bring. There's no way Seb's going to be second fiddle to uh, to no, Max. No way. Oh. And they've. And I don't think they've got anyone in their driver academy who's good enough to be in no. that car either. And look, the funny thing is about Gasly, which was my next point anyway, was, mate, Vettel was not unable to get away from Gasly. We've got a Ferrari mm. driver in 10th position, an Alpha Tauri driver in 11th, and Vettel was not able to pull away. In fact, he was passed by Gasly. I'm not sure God, that, that pass shit. will that, stand because yeah. he might get a penalty. I don't know what the gap was at the end because he did clearly go outside track limits. But the bottom line is Vettel struggled and the car shit. But, mate, compared to Leclerc, who did get a bit of a gap on, on others. I don't feel like he had the jump at the start. Like, a, I don't know. I just... Oh, you're on Vettel's side, are you? 
Poor Seb. I do. No, I do feel. Look, look. Everyone, all the Australians have got the Seb bias because of the Red Bull days with Mark Webber. Yep, multi twenty one. But I feel the last few years he's sort of come into himself a little bit and is much more likable and matured. I can't. I keep saying that about Hamilton, then I keep reading his Instagram. So oh, no, yeah. I, no, no, I'm, I'll, I'll never Seb, go that far on Hamilton. If Seb had uh, a social media, there's no way we'd like him. I think I think we'd learn more about him. He's probably lucky that he doesn't, because I think he I think he's probably less likable than we really know. Oh, look, I, I don't think he's going to be go posting any uh, Bill Gates's. Responsible yeah. coronavirus, <laughs> anti-vax, you had to, whatever. You had to bring that up, didn't well, you? Lewis brought it up, didn't he? He, he did, he did. He but did. the Mercedes social media just going nuts oh, trying if, to get him to delete everything. If you're um, Lawrence Stroll and Otmar Safnow and you're looking at well this, done. are you, what, remembering that? Yep. Yep. <laughs> 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 yeah, I did, did you see how slowly I don't like what's his name? Uh, I, I can never remember him. Well, um, what the fuck did I just say? Do you, do you even want Vettel now? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Absolutely. What, for the merchandising? I think he's still a great driver. I think he just got caught up in the mid pay. He got, he got Grosjean. Grosjean. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take the bait. We were having a discussion about driver of the day. This stupid little thing appears in the corner every every week. <laughs> Actually, who won that, by the well, way? Well, I don't know. Look it up, Connor. Um, All right. Uh, F1.com slash vote. I'm assuming the result is there. So it appears every week in the last kind of five laps. We went, right, yeah, bring out the phones. Let's uh, let's let's rig it. Let's put Grosjean in. You did actually vote. Lewis, oh, that's Lewis Hamilton. That is so... That's utter bullshit. Just the because... I'm frustrated by it because I just think it needs to be more of a, you know, let's all find our senses, look at it and go, actually, now that we've seen the race, so you voted like five laps to go. I voted for Gasly because I think getting to wherever he was, ninth or something, was yeah, pretty position, good. Yeah, very good result. Right now, I'm voting for Daniel. He passed. Oh, at the end, yeah. He got, he got passed. He's in fourth. For Christ's sake. That was a bloody good race for Dan. Like, he actually had a pretty consistent run. He kept himself ahead of Esteban, and he kept up with the McLarens for pretty much the whole race. He was able to get past several cars. He was able to maintain pace. And frankly, in the end, he was able to gain pace on the Mm. McLarens. The McLaren, Lando lost pace. We still don't know how he passed him, but Lando lost pace. Daniel got within DRS mode and then just blitzed him. Carlos, it appeared, I did see a replay while we were talking, that Carlos, it looked like, wasn't quite maggots and beckets, but it was one of the one of the sweeping turns. It looked like he went straight through, which I think was where he did his wing, and that's when Daniel went past him. So I don't think it was a fair fight that mm. Daniel got got to fourth. Yeah. But he got fourth. He, that that run looks all right this year. It, it's obviously nowhere near the where, Red Bull or the Mercedes. That's right. But it looks stronger than well, last for, year. For a mid-pack car, it, it's... Doing all than these everyone. blokes before the race on Sky were saying that the racing point had high downforce and was able to perform well with high downforce. The Renaults had had to reduce their downforce mm. to get kind of a, an artificial boost in qualifying and the like, and would struggle in the race in this heat condition and with this downforce settings. Yet, didn't Dan, seem like it. it went Dan the absolute opposite. To, yes, and Ocon didn't have a bad race. No, either. so it was the yeah. car. Like that's the thing. It was the yeah. car. As much as we want to say Dan's brilliant, Ocon did well as well. So, you know, no no major drama there. I mean, it's it's just yeah, it's just interesting because he he he's fourth, I think he's driver of the day. Anyway. Um No bias. You're you're voting for Grosjean because of He the had no right to hold his own. Correct. Like he there's that car is just so shit and he had no right at all to hold it 
where he did for so long. They and chose not to pit in a safety car yeah. when every other car pitted. Oh, what else? Are you, what, are, what have they got what to lose? Ex- <laughs> you exactly took the words out of my mouth there because, yeah, you just, you just sometimes um, have to throw, roll the dice and Where go did he it. finish? Oh, that's fine. He was going to finish there if they didn't do it anyway. I don't think he would have. No, well, in the end, he finished seventh overall. Did he? Oh, sorry, what? Seventh How place. How the hell did that happen? Think about it. You had a, you had Bottas drop out of the top okay. 10. <laughs> Bottas finished 11th behind Sebastian Vettel. So Vettel eventually finished in the points. This did not end how I thought it this did. Is no. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go through the 10. Yeah, so Lewis, so Lewis, a, Lewis ahead of Verstappen. We're talking about Leclerc. Romain Grosjean. Grosjean. Oh, Grosjean, are we? Okay, no, oh, I thought you meant oh. Pierre Gasly. Sorry. Oh, shit. Sorry. Jeez, oh. Not all, not all, all French right. are the same, mate. All right. Okay, Grosjean finished wow. 16th. 16th. Yeah, see what I'm saying? <laughs> they could, I'm telling you, if they'd have pitted, they would have, I mean, let's say he came out behind the Williams. He would have passed the Williams. He would have got to 16th. Yeah. That's what I'm who's, saying. He's ended up the same. But he, does, he still ends up with the same amount no, of points. No, you know what? Right? The bloody George Russell's finished 12th. Antonio Giovinazzi's. 14th. I reckon Grosjean could have finished higher. Yeah, but he's still not in the points. Doesn't matter. Could have finished higher. But the thing that impressed me about his drive was that when we saw when, I think it was when Daniel finally overtook him, he was only two seconds behind the McLaren in front of him. So Grosjean was holding on so well to those guys still. He did get a black and white flag for moving uh, in the braking zone. And and getting a second... Uh, observation by the stewards, will be, which will be addressed by the time you read. The, listen to this. He's probably been penalised some some time, I reckon. I oh, probably. Well, is. maybe not time. Penalty, but you guys but don't but care I, because it doesn't matter. He wasn't in the points anyway. Yeah, well, no. I'm not. I'm no not a Grosjean apologist here. I'm just a Gunther fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm replacing Gunther, so you know where are you going to go? <laughs> but the, the thing go? is, I think I think Grosjean will start at the rear of grid for the next Grand Prix. So you think that'll be his penalty? I think so. Oh, he doesn't need a penalty for that to happen. No, <laughs> that's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I thought they were going to penalise us. Yeah, the penalty is they've let Latifi start up higher to crash someone out. <laughs> so, so they got they got to Gasly got to, got Vettel on lap thirty eight. That that was about the most exciting thing in thirty eight laps, mm. apart from a few little bits here and there. Um, then a little bit later, uh, we get the Bottas puncture. Now. It was a little confusing, and if you do watch the race back, you know, you just need to prepare yourself. Bottas has a puncture, and he's got a whole lap to drive. So we're following him, and they go back and forward with 20 few things, and then they go back to an onboard shot of a tyre blown out with Lewis Hamilton's graphic appearing on the screen. Yeah. And I don't know, about, I don't know what happened to you guys, but I was up on my feet losing my shit. No idea what was going because on. Because it looked like Lewis has had that problem. And the fucking hilarious thing is... He then did get that problem. <laughs> yes. So they made that a problem. So they, they, this is the thing. They made that error with the graphic. They they did this smart thing with the graphic by showing Lewis's tyre wear straight after that. And then Lewis had the problem. Uh, it's it's. I, I honestly... You couldn't script that. No, you couldn't. But the, honest, the thing was, I honestly thought that Bottas's right front tyre was the one that was going to go because it had such a, had a, a, a clear, line, blister, on a clear yeah. blister line right down the, the line. And it's just like... That tyres is going to go at any point, but it was the the opposite. It was a complete clusterfuck of sorts. I um, I mean, there's not, do you remember? It was a few years ago they had that issue with the tyres; they were just continually going. Remember? Yeah, I do. Um, and that was, that was right at the start of the, the Pirelli. Um, yes, 2012. Yeah. They had to really work on compound issues. Now, here's an interesting thing, and I'm sure this will come up if it hasn't already, um, with all the the main proper F1 commentators. But um, next weekend, it's three softer compounds. 
So they're not this. It's not the same compounds coming to Silverstone next weekend, and it's going to be three softer compounds. So this could throw an absolute cattle, absolute cat among some pigeons because we just don't know what these. Well, they are speculated, going to be like. I think, on Thursday that those softer compounds could mean a two stops race. Do you know what? So bring if, it on. if there's some, I hope the teams don't get their way in kind of because you can imagine them going. We need to bring harder compounds. We can't have this delamination problem. Well, mate, just pit. Yeah, oh, that's what you got to do. Sorry, you got to you got to where you got to. Drive with harder tires, or you've got to pit more. So pit more because yeah. that's good for racing. It means there's a little bit of extra undercut potential and all that kind of stuff. So I think that will be quite interesting to see what happens with that. Absolutely. Um, driver of the day we've talked about. Signs had a had a. <laughs> <laughs> I tipped signs. I actually tipped signs as the driver of the day. Where'd Bottas end up, by the way? Eleventh. Eleventh. Yeah. So oh, that's killed my tip him. I needed him in the top 10. These are the big issues. Alex Albon, oh. like, he actually finished in the points. Got the fastest lap of the race as well. Can you believe that? So he got an extra point, and I think he got about three points. So he got four for the for the entire day. That's just like, for a guy that copped a five-second time penalty, served that in his second pit stop, and then had basically drove up into eighth place. I mean, boy, oh, boy, what a race you could remember for a while. That's just like... It, Mind blow. It's. I think I said this, maybe even after the first race, or or, or at least the second this year. Oh, the problem is when people remember the British Grand Prix, they're going to remember how exciting it was and the dilemma. They're not going to remember the fifty laps of complete <laughs> and utter boredom we had. Mm. That's the problem F one has. Yeah, people's people's memories are short on the the rawness and. Drive to survive if they're filming it because I don't think I don't. I just I'm don't sure they're. Cameras. I'm sure they're filming it. I just mate, I hope oh, they are. This would be the most. It'd be epic. I, okay. Just for a moment, we're just. What is uh, Lewis's pants? Have a look yeah. at Lewis's pants. I mean, what the fuck, mate? Tommy Hilfiger clearly is just lets him wear whatever he wants because he's a he's a loose unit. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's just this is going off the rails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I can't remember what's going on. Oh, yeah. So they, the drive to survive, you can imagine this being interesting because it's all about tyres and mm. the excitement and the thrill. But see, I, we had a couple of friends um, who let their kids, the whole family stayed up to watch the last couple of races. And I thought, well, that's, it was during school holidays, right? Yeah, that's exciting. And they said this week, ah, oh, no, we're not going to let the kids stay up because of school and everything. I said... I feel like saying that's good because it's actually really not that much of an exciting sport. Like that's the problem. I can't no. don't feel I don't feel great about encouraging people to start watching this sport. Yeah, it's getting you to get up to stay up till one thirty AM like, for a Lewis Hamilton to win in the first if lap. If my wife had have had some sort of seizure today and said to me, I'm gonna watch the Grand Prix with you tonight, I would have said, Babe, go to bed. Yeah. I'll let you know what happens in the morning and I'll show you the fun the good bits. There's no way I want a new person watching this and and yawning like we were. It's just that's the problem the sport has. It has a problem. See, now Lando Norris on screen right now is a genuine, uh, exciting prospect for the future on so many levels. He's honest, he's young, he's vibrant. The thing he did with his helmet was brilliant. Yep. You have a helmet competition and they always end up going with some amazing graphic designer. You some know, Banksy some, piece. Exactly, right? Whereas he gets a six-year-old and takes her design and puts it spot on. And she runs out of space in writing his name and like writes Lando Norrie with an <laughs> S underneath. And he goes, not only am I going to print that helmet, but I, I'm going to make my Twitter handle, and even their press releases this week Lando have Norrie. had Lando Norrie with an underscore and an S. 
It's just that that, that, is just that excites me that about the sport because it, him, George Russell. Well, that's what's Dan, going for it. Yeah, that's the good stuff that it's got going for it. And that's why I think Drive to Survive has done so well for the sport is because we've got such a, a good group of young personalities coming through at the moment that that's really carrying the sport. And Drive to Survive highlights that, and then so it's become much more of a like a really strong personality than teams like i feel like there's not as much like i go for mercedes or i go for ferrari no i agree but it's more it, i go for ricardo i well, go, I go for, for mclaren now you know like yeah, that's yeah. i'm the same i'm a, i mean uh, as much as i love daniel Ricardo, i always support daniel ricardo i'm a mclaren supporter as well because i love carlos Sainz, and lando is just the epitome of a guy that just embraces the fans and it's funny because as a kid i was Primarily a Williams supporter. Me too. Me and too. And I think it was Mantle that 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 was that that reason. Yeah. Um. And I can see myself if Dan leaves the sport and there's not an Aussie to come straight in, I'll just be I'll be happy being a Lando guy. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think it's, it's the a, personality of the sport. Now. A, and I think they've taken a leaf out of what NASCAR do. It's very much a fan, a driver fan orientated sport. Right. It's not, you're not going for a team per se. You're going for the driver. And that's why the drivers in NASCAR have such strong followings across the board. You know, it's a very much a fan orientated sport. And that's what Lando is doing right now. He's embracing the fans. It's a really, really good thing to see. I think yeah. it's just uh, social media is just that, that, that sort of fan supporting in a lot of different sports has changed. Like, I, I'm a, a big NBA fan as well. And you'll see a lot of people follow, say, LeBron James from team to team rather yeah. than being a diehard yeah. you know, Cleveland supporter. Right. Um, same thing with supercars. Like, the guys will follow their drivers yeah. around when they well, move there. I remember there. When, uh, when Lowndes retired, a lot of people were saying, you know, people, the, the Lowndes fans are looking for, a, yeah. like, a, a David Reynolds to support because they want that kind of character. Yeah. They don't just want to be a Red Bull Supporter because you know they, that's a good team. It's going yeah. to win races. It's no, it's they want no, to support a driver in supercars. It's no longer really much a Ford and Holden. It's not that tribalism. No, well, it that can't we, be anymore, can it? No, no. it can't. Yeah, you're not driving that. You're not driving the the Falcon to the track and then watching it race and driving it <laughs> home. <laughs> exactly. It's a it's a much different dem- demographic but, now. But the challenge for that ride is someone like Charles Leclerc, who he is young and he does have a bit of a fan base, but I just think he's not quite as just affable as a Lando. You know, he's. Oh. He's basically a Monaco snob. I'll tell you who his fan base is. The ladies. The ladies. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. In, in in my one of my little F1 group chat, the few of the ladies in there are swooning <laughs> over old Charles. <laughs> really? So he has definitely got his niche carved. Well, yeah, you're following. You're following his not about the not, not about yeah, niche to carve as a young Formula he, One he, driver <laughs> with an apartment in Monaco. He uh, <laughs> well, he's the he'd be the modern day James Hunt. That's right. Oh yes. Yes. Shunt. So. Just finally, speaking of Ferrari, so the big development between last race and this race um, was the Ferrari chairman saying that they should not be expecting to be challenging for wins regularly until 2022 at least. Yeah, that's... And that's, that's pretty <laughs> grim. It's pretty and honest for and, a start. And the coded message of that is no team can expect outside of Mercedes a chance for a win yeah. until 2022. There was a quote this week. I don't know. I couldn't dig it up because I just, you know, just kind of scrolled through it. But someone, someone kind of retweeted or shared something that Daniel had said about Mercedes. Um, like he was asked about Mercedes, and he said, oh, "Not, not, not a quote, but uh, roughly." He said, uh, "Look, Mercedes is the one team that could afford to be complacent, yet they are the team that is least, mm. I- least complacent, and in, that's why they're so good, and that is what makes them so good." Whereas Ferrari, admitting the 2022 point, which is basically saying the rule changes, as you said, it, it means that there needs to be a massive change. Um, that's like, 
again, it goes back to my point, which I've said show after show. We're, we're in for this shit show for the next 18 months. Yeah. Because nothing's going to change. Unless the McLaren, the McLaren Mercedes uh, pairing is the only thing. But then what <laughs> that could drive what, radical change? What makes me sad there is the fact that the the Renault engine actually seems to be the strongest part of the there package. Does, there doesn't seem to be any major so, issue with that. So I don't think that the Mercedes engine is going to make that much of a difference. Otherwise, we'd see Williams competing. Well, okay, for points. but look at today, right? You got a very similar pace, race pace, McLaren and Renault. Yep. Okay. Um, so if aero-wise, they're similar, and then you give the McLaren the Mercedes power unit. Doesn't that give it that advantage to push it up with the pinks and the silvers? But I think that. But I just think that just makes them better than the Renault. I don't think that puts them any closer to, or makes them any enough ground anyway no, on, the, on the Mercedes or the Red Bull. I mean, we, we just have to resolve that it's not going to. No. There's not going to be no challenge to to Mercedes for another year. We might and get some interesting third places. The question but that's is, it. how much can they? Can it really fuck up Red Bull? Yeah. That's that's what we want. You want to see at least part of the dominance uh, decline. Uh, and give everyone the argument that they need to make sure those 2022 regs are just so spot on that it provides the error. I mean, the 2022 regs, I'm assuming, and I'd love to just have time to understand with Ross Braun, for example, watching that race, the thing I'd say is, Ross, watching the British Grand Prix, excluding the last five laps and the first lap because there was a crash safety car and some punctured tyres. So I want you to, I want you to imagine... Fifth place through to 14th place being within 10 seconds of each other. The, the, of 10 seconds, the entire 10 cars. Would there be multiple passes per lap in the 2021 regs, or at least attempts, dives up the inside? Mm. Because in IndyCar, you know, almost common, chassis-wise, very similar vehicles, um, very low downforce, um, you know, com- reliant as F1, you, get, you don't get a lot of passing, you get a lot of attempts, you get a lot of dives, yeah. you get a lot of activity aside from the overtake button, is that what we're going to get? Because if not, the fuck are we doing? Yeah. The the other thing with, even with 22 and the budgets changing and all of that, mm. like the, and, and on Daniel's point, Mercedes is not going to stop being dominant. Like they're, no. they're not, they're not, um, the money helps. Yeah. But there's so, so well, li- I agree. That's, I love the fact that people talk about the budget. Yeah. That just means, it's the, it's the mentality of the th- team. They'll they're, just keep throwing money at it. Year Anyone that's year. played my team in F1 2020 knows <laughs> that you can have all the money in the world and the, Look the, at cheap, Ferrari. the cheap guy can still have to put all their development money into one particular thing like engine or whatever it is. And yeah, look at Ferrari. Great example. But I just Mercedes will just like, they're, they're the, the epitome of that idea of like, that if you make every tiny thing you do, do it to the best of your ability and make sure that's perfect, then the whole picture comes together. And that is the Mercedes F1 team. Mm. And no budget change is going to change that mentality for them. You know, yeah, like we say, the, the the Ferrari with the same amount of money, but you know, crazy Italian way of doing things is is not like that. That perfection, and look where they're at. Harry, how often do you wear the um, Australian Grand Prix shirt? For I the love Prix? it. Oh, you finally noticed. I love it. I rocked it. in this. I bought this on the the 2020 Australian Grand Prix shirt this week, and it just arrived. You bought it this week. Oh yeah, it was on a fire sale on the website. The yeah. race that never happened. Yeah, but I'd want some sort of like I'd want a signature on it or something. Or from who? From all the drivers that raced. Yeah. Or at least one of the drivers. Oh, well, look, we'll get it you know framed what's and everything. You know what's going to happen now? Oh, mate's going to buy one to go with his A1 GP shirt. Yeah, probably will. <laughs> no, <laughs> they sold out? The, oh, I don't know. I, I can't checked. imagine they sold They've, out. The one thing, the other thing, you know, you, you can get $10 Australian GP uh, fedoras if that's also your thing. Yeah, what's a cap worth? 
I don't know. Because caps are my biggest Actually, problem. I think they're sold out, the caps. Really? Because they sell those. You know what? Caps are overpriced at Grand Prix. Oh, yeah. They're like 80 bucks like, for a team one. I'm actually, I'm actually going on right now just having a look. You're not having a look. you got your credit card. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for those listening, his Amex number is 5 yeah. <laughs> So we're back next week with the 70th anniversary Grand Prix, another, otherwise known as the second British Grand Prix. Yes. Um, I think we've probably missed a lot of conversation about tyres and next week and the softer tyres and reliability. And I hope that no one is talking about doing anything different because you should have just pitted. I they agree. Should've, they they should have. They should have. They had blistering. They should have known it. If AWS know the tires are down to ten percent, <laughs> so should the team. Am I right? They let's let's face it. They just no, fucked up. But Hamilton was just lucky to make. I think. I think the issue is that Mercedes still is like an old BlackBerry sponsorship, so they're looking at BlackBerry data that's out of date. <laughs> <laughs> they need to update to, to to the cloud with AWS. That I just should say oh, that Max. The Mac, they're replaying Max's audio. <laughs> Um, where he said, the, the radio message was, remember to drink. Do you remember to drink? And we looked at it and we went, oh, that's funny. Uh, oh, shit, that was Max saying <laughs> it. <laughs> it was, it was Max team. saying it to his engineer. <laughs> and as Ted Kravitz said at the time, like, that just shows how boring it is for Max in third place. He's got and no one behind him, way out in front. And there was a Ted on the... the was it, was it Ted going to make him a meow? Yeah. Yes. Meow. <laughs> sounds was, like a bloody cat. That sums up the race. <laughs> that sums up the race to perfection. So enjoy that when you watch it back. Um, uh, let us know. <laughs> let us know what you, uh, what you thought of the race uh, on Twitter at EFTM, and you can find us all uh, in that uh, timeline. Uh, boys, it did end up being exciting. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, I'm awake now. Yeah. Uh, I I can was very, at 49 laps, I was ready to fall asleep. You I don't have to worry about me driving home now. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no, nor here. So it's a good <laughs> point, actually. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll be back uh, after the 70th anniversary Grand Prix next week.